is the Healthy Families Show, and I am your host, Jenny Hatch. Welcome, welcome. Today, I'm going to share information about adrenochrome and ask the question, is Ukraine a hub for crafting it? I shared a video link to my Substack. I spent this past couple of hours editing the video that's up sharing some of my older videos that I used to craft on my WordPress blog and shared on my YouTube before it was unceremoniously scrubbed and have moved now to Substack where the video today is a mashup of some of my old videos combined with some new content and lots and lots of memes and the music I chose today is from the Messiah because the themes of the Messiah fit the message of the video. And I try to do that every day. I try to pick some music that fits the theme of what I'm talking about and what I've shared in my daily movie. I've made these movies almost every day for the last few years, sharing my take on the zeitgeist, the crossroads of where we are, with humanity. I like to share upbeat and funny content, the funniest memes, as well as news clips from serious and thoughtful people. Kind of helps to have that medicine go, go down with just a little bit of sugar, a little bit of sweetness and light. When you're talking about child trafficking and the harvesting of adrenochrome, there's no real easy way to tell that story. I choose to try, attempt, don't say that I ever succeed, but I try to make videos that convey the message without being too grotesque and share the facts in a way that makes it easier for people to accept reality. Sometimes fiction is much more comfortable than nonfiction. Sometimes comfortable lies are easier on the mind than the brutal truth. Sometimes the dark truths are so dark that our own minds split away and tuck that darkness into a corner of our mind where we can't access it to be dealt with at a much later, safer time, perhaps when we're in our 30s or 40s or 50s and are more mature and able to cope with those dark realities. That has certainly been the case for me. I started to remember my own dark truths at the age of 33. My brother had died of an opioid overdose and his death was the catalyst for me to begin remembering the things I experienced as a child, which I too had tucked away into a corner of my mind, seemingly unable to access it. I had lots of symptoms. I had many symptoms, but I was not able to understand my symptoms until I started to remember. So there's more talk now about biolabs 
happening in the zeitgeist of our humanity. I went on to Aaron Matei's show on Colin last night and asked a few questions. Here's that clip. It's short. Okay. Hey, I wonder if you've seen the video that was captured. Now, this is interesting to me. Pause. There's a little bit of a glitch in the sound, and it happens when I mention the Ukraine biolabs. It was just gone. So I'm going to I'm gonna rewind that so you can hear this glitch again. It was interesting. It's always interesting to me to see what's censored in the playback. And I'm not saying that Aaron himself did it. I don't know who did it, but somebody did it. Okay. Hey, I wonder if you've seen the video that was captured. Big packets of paperwork being tossed in a heap of fire. And the, the journalist was claiming that this was a bomb that had gone off in Kiev, but it was actually uh, outside of a bio lab where some documents were being burned. I have not seen that. I have okay. not seen that. Yeah. I just saw the video of it last night and I had heard rumors that it had been caught on video. I've been talking about Ukrainian biolabs for several months and in certain call-in spaces, whenever I'd bring it up, I'd kind of be chased out of the room as a conspiracy theorist. And then you have Victoria Newland herself confirming that yes, there were some biolabs. They were concerned enough about those labs that they wanted to get in there and make sure they were protected so that as the Russians came in, they couldn't get in there and mess with whatever was inside the lab. And so there was confirmation that, yes, there are biolabs in Ukraine. There's some question about whether or not they're being funded by American interests. And the the evidence coming out around Hunter Biden, his company, Beto Biota, the funding by Rosemont Seneca. Have you heard these things? Yeah, I've heard talk of it, but I haven't looked into it. So it's not something I can really speak to. But, uh, but I've certainly heard uh, rumors about it, yeah. I'll share a link in the chat of a Substack piece I did just last night, sharing all the video evidence for okay, anyone cool. who's interested. And I would just encourage everybody to just uh, do a little digging on this, t- this subject. I think it's going to be important going forward. Okay. Okay. So that was a little chat with Aaron last night on his show on Colin. And if somebody as smart and connected and intelligent as Aaron hasn't really done any sort of a dive on the biolabs in Ukraine, My guess is most of the journalists out there haven't really done this. There is one journalist on Substack. His name is Clandestine, and he has been covering the Biolab story for the last year and came out and endorsed an 18-minute video, which I'm going to just play the whole thing, that he he said on his Twitter, these guys just basically took all the research I've done over the last year and encapsulated it in this one 18-minute video. And in this video, which I've posted on my Substack, it's actually embedded in the uh, link that I put in the header of the show on Colin and Spotify. So if you click over to my Substack, you can watch this video and see them burning the documents. I felt like the reporter did an excellent job of making a summation of where we are today. And so while he did not say the A word, adrenochrome, he does kind of lay the foundation for what's coming next. So again, I'm going to play this. This is the video where I actually, for the first time, saw the 
Ukrainian soldiers burning the documents. I had heard rumors about this. I've actually heard rumors about this for a long time. That Zelensky himself said anything that mentions Metabiota in Ukrainian labs or any sort of government documentation, you need to go burn it. And he did it the day of the Russian invasion. So this was caught on video by a reporter. And um, if you want to actually see it, you can go to my Substack. But here's the audio from this excellent summation. So Russia is trying to alert the world that the U.S. has funded bio labs in Ukraine and that those labs were conducting AIDS research on Ukrainian military personnel. That is perhaps the craziest sentence I'm going to utter this week. Let me read. Let me say that again. Ukraine was using bio labs and they were using those bio labs conducting AIDS research on Ukrainian soldiers. Yes, taking Ukrainian soldiers and testing AIDS research on them. Of course, you'll recall the U.S. denied that there were any bio labs in Ukraine. The Department of Defense even called it Russian propaganda at the time and laughed in a reporter's face for even asking this question, you smug son of a bitch. This is exactly what John Kirby did when a reporter had the gall to ask about these bio labs that are listed on the State Department's website. But it's it's all Russian propaganda," he said. Watch. And, and on this issue of um, uh, military biological um, labs in Ukraine that the Russians keep uh, raising, yeah. can you basically explain to us what type of relationship, if any, there was between the Pentagon and the Ukrainian side on any biological labs? Uh, when was the last cooperation, and what do you have to say about these Russian accusations? The Russian accusations uh, are absurd. They're laughable. And, uh, you know, in the words of my Irish Catholic grandfather, a bunch of malarkey. There's nothing to it. It's classic Rus Russian propaganda. And uh, and uh, I wouldn't, uh, if I were you, I, I wouldn't give it, uh, I wouldn't give it a drop of ink worth worth paying attention to. Yeah, but, but yeah. can you explain to us what it, has there been any relationship between the? We are not, not developing biological or chemical weapons inside Ukraine. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. Go ahead. Don't even, don't even print any stories about it. Don't like just waste your. T don't even print any stories about it. Don't waste any ink on it at all. It's just total malarkey. Well, we know that that was a lie. And we now know, of course, the bio labs, thanks to Victoria Newland, came out in congressional testimony from the State Department, admitted this to Congress. She had to because it was on the State Department's website. It was on the State Department and embassy websites that there's bio labs. We knew that it was out there. We knew that the, the I mean, you can't hide this stuff. But they tried to. But Victoria Newland came out and admitted it. Watch. I only have a minute left. Let me ask you. Um... Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of 
Russian forces should they approach? I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Last and, question. Um, <laughs> I, I am certain that the Russians... Sorry, my, my Steam Deck's not working. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, just, let me, just feed, like, let me feed you the question. Here's this softball. Yeah. Right. Toss it. I'm going to toss it in real slow for you here. Here it comes. Here's a softball. Ready? There you go. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. And she laughs. She's even, like, laughing. She's like, thank you, Senator, for that very easy question. Of, you know, mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't even, you know, cross my mind. Of course it would be Russian propaganda. People with a low IQ, that's how they speak. You know, people who don't understand what's going on, they'll just blame anything on Russian propaganda. You know, that's all they do. Um, it's the easiest way out because then it shuts down conversation. In, you know, intelligent people, uh, intelligent people don't talk like that. So her worry when the war started was that Russian troops would gain control of these labs and gain access to resources, she said, meaning she was prepping us for Russia to see these things and that when they say it, we should preemptively know that this would be disinformation. Well, Russia has gained access now. And these areas are in Russian control. And wouldn't you know it, we're learning some things. And they can deconstruct these labs on their own. And they say that they have. The labs were in Luhansk through a company called Farm Biotest. Now, I want to say that Mike Jones, our friend Mike Jones from Iora Gray, has seen these labs and spoken to Ukrainians who confirmed to him that people in this region were being experimented on. Confirmed this. We have seen this footage. We have seen the footage, uh, but we will leave it to him to show it um, when he's good and ready. And we encourage you to follow uh, what he what he does in his great reporting. So Russian Lieutenant General Igor uh, Kirillov presented Ukrainian language documents referring to HIV infection studies that began in 2019. The list of targeted groups shows service members alongside prisoners drug addicts, and other patients at high risk of infection. Now, these documents show that Newland, what Newland said that the U.S. was trying to relocate personnel and move biological materials out of Ukraine into Poland, the Baltic states, and Central Asia as the Russian troops advanced in Ukraine during the special operation. They also show, these documents show, that the United States was working on coronavirus since 2015. And they published this document. Notice this refers to, if any experiments proposed for AIM-1 result in a virus with phenotype of enhanced pathology and transmissibility growth or more than 10, blah, 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 blah. Notice this refers to the NIH funding. The last sentence there, no NIH funding can be used to perform such experiments until these experiments have been approved by the NIAID. So notice this refers to NIH funding, which Dr. Fauci says he knew nothing about because it wasn't happening on his continent, right? It's happening over there. Plausible deniability. According to uh, uh, Krilyov, 
The Russian military has recovered more than 20,000 documents and other materials related to the biological programs in Ukraine. While interviewing eyewitnesses and participants, Russia asked the United Nations to investigate this, but the UN is just not that into that idea, of course. So they said, no, thank you. Now, remember in October when they asked, Russia went to the United Nations and said, hey, all these bio labs that they had first denied existed, then they acknowledged they existed. We want to know what they were actually doing there. Were they doing military biological activities? We want to know. And by the way, China asked as well. We want to know what the U.S. is doing with these bio labs in Ukraine. Because there's been well, some disturbing reports coming out. And the U.N. said, nah, we're not going to vote to allow that to happen. We're not going to investigate. It's also funny because think, we, how often do we talk about how corrupt the Ukrainian government is? It's like the, one of the most corrupt governments in Europe, right? Yep. So yeah, we've pointed that out. So think about that. They have this information. Mm. So could it be, and this is just spitballing, that Zelensky had that information and has using that and saying, hey, I'll release this if you don't give us billions of dollars, if you don't give us weapons, mm. you know, because like blackmail, uh, blackmail. Because yeah. yeah. Biden was involved in some of the, the, the labs too, uh, Hunter, and, you know, there were some money changing hands well, there. Gonna, so we're going to get to that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, uh, possibly we've seen documents though, and we'll get to that in a minute that show Zelensky was asking for documents to be destroyed that related to Hunter Biden. So how complicit were, you know, and, and maybe this was early on. So we knew we we're going to get tons of money from the United States. I've got to destroy these Hunter Biden relationship documents and all, and all of that. So uh, I'll, I'll go along, but look, here's the thing. You're right. If, if you're in this situation, you know, you've got like backup hard drives, you've got backup thumb drives, you've got backup stuff, you're burning documents or whatever, but you've got the goods somewhere hidden. And in case you need it, like blackmail, you can pull it out. Oh, yeah, they're not going to lose their, their advantage. Right. So last October, Russia filed an official complaint over alleged U.S.-backed biological activities in Ukraine and requested a United Nations probe into the matter. But then the U U.N. Security Council said, nah, rejected it, rejected Moscow's proposal. Um, the U.S., of course, voted against it. The U.K. voted against it. And so did France. Because we're all about transparency, right? So why would they do this if they were if they were really interested in preventing future pandemics? Isn't an investigation in everyone's interest? But of course, they would want to cover this up. And this, of course, goes all the way to the top, right to President Biden himself and his son, Hunter Biden. As we recently reported on Redacted, back in 2014, a firm by the name of Meta Biota, which specializes in detecting tracking and analyzing potential disease outbreaks signed an $18.4 million federal contract as a subcontractor for Black and Veatch in Georgia, the country of Georgia and Ukraine. Meta Biota was started with the help from President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and his investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, which he founded alongside John Kerry's stepson in 2009. Then surprisingly, when all of this started smelling bad, the top Ukrainian prosecutor started to look into this. Like something's not, something's not sitting right here. Like why is the vice president's son on the board of a Ukrainian company? And but what, by the way, what the hell are they doing with the, in these bio labs? Interesting. And so when the top prosecutor in Ukraine started looking into this shady connection, between Hunter Biden and these bio labs, then Vice President Biden caught wind of it, 
on his trip to Ukraine and had a special message that he wanted to deliver to the Ukrainian government. Hey, you know all that money that you're supposed to be getting from us? The billions of dollars that we're about to be sending you? Hmm. Unless that prosecutor is fired, the one that's, you know, looking into my son, you're not going to get that money. You're not going to get that money. And the, the worst part about this whole thing is, not the worst part, uh, is the fact that he admitted this on camera at the, uh, at, the, um, at the Council on Foreign Relations. In front of the cameras, he admitted this. Watch. I went over, I guess, the... 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to the press conference. I said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked at it and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. I love how they're all laughing, too. Like, we know how the game's played. Yeah. All the Council on Foreign Relations, war among So what you're saying I love it, is... I love it when... I, I personally, I personally find it hilarious when people abuse their power and authority to ruin the lives of somebody that's just doing their freaking job. Right, it's hilarious to me. Like a top prosecutor is looking into this. By the way, the United States wouldn't look into it. In fact, the FBI in the United States buried the laptop story. So, think about this: Ukraine, the most corrupt government in Europe, their prosecutors actually started to look into this, and we had him fired. In the United States, we covered up the story. The FBI covered it up. The deep well, that's what I was going to say. Up. It's like you got Ukraine on the list of corruption and we're like above them. So it's like, you know, the corruption trickles down because we're definitely more corrupt than. Right. They're following the leader. So so in February of yeah, last. Our corruption. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to real quick. I was going to say our corruption is legal because we, we pass laws. Our corrupt politicians pass laws to make their corruption legal. Right. So it's not really corruption because it's legal. Right. We have it on the books. You can see it in the tax code. So in February of last year, documents show that Vladimir Zelensky, then president of Ukraine, ordered the destruction of all documents related to this Hunter Biden connection at the biolabs. So these documents were unearthed. We featured these on the show a number of months ago. Zelensky ordered destruction of all state documents associated with Meta Biota in on February 24th, 2022, which is also very uh, an interesting date, right? That's the, like the very day the war starts. Well, if you don't discount, I mean, if you discount the eight years of genocide that uh, Ukraine was carrying out against the Donbass, like this was like the special military operation start of the war uh, in February. So you better get to these biolabs and start burning these documents as quickly as you can. So then what happened that day was an amazing, uh, just an amazing coincidence because NBC News was in Kiev. They had cameras set up so that they could cover like the impending, you know, uh, you know, Russian invasion, right? So they had their cameras set up. They had reporters there and they were filming different things and they were trying to claim that, hey, these fires that we're seeing at this building 
um, at this at this one building here, the, these fires, that's because Russia attacked this building and you can see fires around the city, Russia attacks and just how horrible this is. But there's just one problem with this video. NBC News didn't know at the time, they actually caught Ukrainian biolabs workers taking these documents and dumping them into a fire out back. But I love this video. I mean, it really is just an amazing piece of video. And just watch how NBC spins this that morning on the Today Show because they don't even know what video they've got. And they're zooming in on this and they're like, holy crap, now we have the proof, watch. Good morning, Tom. Ukraine is now under assault by air, land, and sea. In the small hours of the morning here in the capital, people were woken up to the sounds of explosions followed by sirens. A number of missiles have hit a variety of different military installations here in the capital, including the military intelligence headquarters, which is just four miles from where I am standing. Now, 20 miles from the capital is the town of Hostomel. We are <laughs> so do you see that there? These guys, look at that. Yeah, I mean, look, this was an attack by Russians as these workers bring bags of documents out of the building and throw them into the fire. Yep, toss it in there. Toss it in there. Look at these Russian attacks. Hey, guys, we may as well not waste the Russian fire. <laughs> Keep it warm. Documents. Right. <laughs> To get all these, take all the documents out of the, you know, out of the intelligence offices well, and throw them And notice her, too. Them. She's in, like, a flak jacket doing a news report next to a fire of documents. Right. <laughs> like, I know. Like, she's really on the front lines. They're really there. So, in 2014, Metabiota, the EHA, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology were all named as researchers in a study on infectious diseases derived from Chinese bats. Sound familiar? So, you know, it just comes full circle. So, again, we'll, we'll see, and we'll see if there's going to be any sort of investigation in this. We'll see if any reporters are able to ask questions of anybody in the Biden administration for answers. Will they get answers about Hunter Biden's relationship, these documents, the, the shady dealings? What have they been testing there, testing uh, HIV and, you know, on, on uh, unwitting uh, Ukrainian soldiers? All of that. I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of it. But we'll continue to cover the story here on the show because the mainstream media will largely ignore it. Um, that's what they'll do. Thank you so much for watching this segment here at Redacted. We are live every day at 4 p.m. So that kind of lays out the foundation of the story that there are, in fact, biolabs in Ukraine. There was some shady cover-up around the invasion by Russia. And the story I've been covering out of Utah David Levitt, who had lived in Kiev for years, was supposedly best friends with the president who was brought in by the American coup. He hustled over to Kiev when he heard that Russia had invaded. Not sure what he was up to, but said he had a few loose ends to tie up before he could come back. Don't know what was happening, but he was obviously nervous about the Russians coming in. What's going on? I'd have some questions for him. And the question has to be asked ultimately, were children being trafficked into Ukraine and their bodies harvested to make adrenochrome? So we have to get into what that is and what it looks like and why they do it. When people like Mel Gibson say that Hollywood runs on the blood of small children, 
This is what he's referring to, adrenochrome. So adrenochrome is a substance that can be crafted from the pineal gland of kids. And the children have to be terrorized, and the witches do this. They're, this is what makes someone a witch when they're very good at scaring children. This ups the adrenaline in their blood. And once a frightened child gets to peak level terror, this is when they can be killed and their pineal glands harvested for the adren adrenochrome. And it's put into a tincture form that can be taken under the tongue. And the people who've used it have claimed it is the source. It is the fountain of youth. It renews and revitalizes. It can make some people a little cray-cray. But when they take the adrenochrome, their tongues make this flippy, flippy noise and sound as they assimilate the drug, I'll call it a drug, the substance into their bodies. And it makes them look like lizards when they take the adrenochrome. So this is all the reference you have to lizard people, the um, reptilian class, the reptilian brain. You hear these things out there in the world and you're like, what are they talking about? This is what they're talking about. People who use adrenochrome, it, it affects their tongues, makes them look like lizards, reptiles, and they joke. They joke about this. And it's the source of revitalization for many, many people on the world stage. And it comes from kids, kids who've been butchered. And there are some of us who believe that Ukraine is the hub where because of a corrupt government put in place by American interests in 2014, these so-called biolabs were able to manufacture adrenochrome without any government oversight. And then it was sold all over the world. And it's an expensive product. They need a lot of kids to make this product. And so... As we're talking about adrenochrome and theorizing what's what and trying to get the facts, I would encourage you to open up your heart to the reality of this type of an operation being run by someone like Hunter Biden and him being the source of funding for the companies and the money stream and the um, payoffs that took place as this product was crafted and marketed and sold. And does Joe Biden, does Hillary Clinton, does Bill Clinton, do they use this product? I don't know. I've never seen video of any of them taking it, but there's been a lot of talk. And so we'll just see how it all plays out. So here's good old Brent Weinstein. I love him because he's an honest professor, an honest leftist who is asking the right questions. He asked these questions this week. Are they continually trying to uh, reanimate the explanation that this is a natural spillover event? Because if it isn't, then we know who did it. Right. Anthony Fauci was 
key to circumventing the ban on gain-of-function research that resulted in the Wuhan lab being funded by us to do this work. So if this was a natural spillover event from a wet market, then Anthony Fauci is in the clear, right? If this is the result of ill-conceived gain-of-function research taking place in Wuhan, partially at our direction, that's a whole different ballgame. Senator- so the, the question has to be asked, if Fauci's out there funding all these labs in Ukraine, in Wuhan, and other hotspots around the world, and they're crafting these viruses, what else is happening in the labs? What else is not being talked about? And as deliveries are made around viruses and the passing of the baton in terms of data and reputation and who gets funded and who gets published and what gets covered up and what, what is told in the media. You know, everybody needs to just whisk all that away and understand that the Clinton Foundation was in fact a child trafficking operation, colluding with interests at the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, and other groups all around the world in the buying and selling and trafficking of kids. Each individual kid was worth so much money because they could do so much with that child. They could prostitute them. And children in prostitution, they last for about two years before they just die. And I think they die of broken hearts because they can be sold 100, 150, 200 times a day. When you sell a drug, it is sold once, it's consumed, and it's gone. When you sell a child, you can sell that child over and over and over again, day after day, and they last for about two years. So then what's, what happens to the kids who are burned out? They have nothing else to give as a child prostitute? Well, they get shipped up to a place like Ukraine and then the harvesting begins. They get harvested for their pineal gland. They get harvested for their organs. They are used in child sacrifice and ritual and they are harvested for every little byproduct of their body that can be sold on open markets and black markets. It's been said each individual body is worth upwards of a million dollars just in parts, hearts and kidneys and eyes, tendons. So there's a belief that some of these labs, dark operations in Ukraine were harvesting operations where people were cut down for their parts. And the Clintons and the Bidens and others like them were all in making money off of it, buying and selling favors, setting up people in certain countries to do certain things. So in Honduras, one of the main foods is bananas. Everybody lives on bananas. And it's been told through the the whisper campaigns out there that certain politicians love to eat the kids' 
from Honduras. Because of that banana factor, they're so sweet. It makes their baby meat nice and sweet. So when we had all these kids from Honduras and Guatemala in the 20 aughts, 2010s, I think it was like 2015-ish, suddenly pick up and leave their home and start hiking to America because a certain president was encouraging them to do that. Many of those kids disappeared. See, there have been so many kids kidnapped and trafficked and bought and sold in America. It's difficult to find them. Parents are really hip to this and watch their kids pretty well. And they love to have the broken families because it's much easier to snatch the kids when there's a single parent, especially a single mom who's dependent on the government. It's much, much easier to get her hooked on some sort of a drug, even a psychiatric drug that makes her less capable of taking care of her kids and then swoop in and grab them and they get lost in the system. When they are investigated and everybody's like, where'd the kid go? Oh, they ran away. We don't know what happened to the kid. They ran away. So they need a tremendous amount of kids for their food because they eat them and to harvest to make the adrenochrome. So somebody somewhere came up with the brilliant idea of, hey, let's have all those Honduran kids leave their families and just walk up to America. We'll grab them at the border. There were stories about four and five-year-old children unaccompanied walking north to America. And thousands and thousands of these kids went missing. Nobody knows where they are. I believe they were grabbed at the border and sent to various places and harvested and used as slaves, sex slaves, and for their parts. That's what I believe. Now, when stories started to come out just before the 2016 election, because Julian Assange had the gumption and the will to say this is going to be published, I personally believe Seth Rich was the one who downloaded the DNC emails on a thumb drive and handed them off to Julian Assange. And Julian was like, what the hey, we'll publish them. So they published a huge cache of the DNC emails. John Podesta, in particular, his emails are very interesting to read because he talks in code in these emails about food. And many people are like, what are you talking about? A slice of pizza shared by multiple people? Would you like to have a slice of pizza for an hour? What is pizza? Old timers on the internet pointed out the fact that no less than the FBI had identified a certain lingo that pedophiles use when talking about kids. And cheese pizza is a little girl. Hot dog's a boy. Walnuts, that's a minority kid. And because the minority kids have more melanin in their skin, the adrenochrome that's extracted from those kids, for some reason that really jacks up the adrenochrome factor 
So they love to prey on minority kids. And this, this level of evil is so difficult for people to understand and accept that when most people look at it, they turn away in disgust and say, you know, I just, I can't deal with that right now. That is just not something I can accept. But when you open up your heart to say, look, the kids and the people, it's not just kids. There's also adults involved in being trafficked. They're slaves. They're stuck. And if we don't help them, if we don't look at it, if we don't notice it and say, hey, we have to stop this. We have to do something. Then then they're just, you know, they're just going to be killed. So every day since I found out about this in 2016, because I read John Podesta's emails back then, I have devoted a segment of my day to helping to spread the word. Our initial investigation was called, wait for it, Pizzagate. Again, because of the lingo that was used in John Podesta's emails. Pizza, cheese pizza, little girls. My activism is devoted to those little girls being trafficked and harvested. And every day since I started, as I watched the censorship clamp down on my efforts, I was a moderator for one of the oldest and largest Pizzagate research groups on Facebook. And there came a day when my group was completely cut off from the internet. My Facebook account was deleted. I've had to start over on Facebook like eight times. The one I have right now, I don't talk about Pizzagate or vaccines too much. Most of the time I'm interacting with my friends and family or I'll share a link to my Substack, and I won't really mention what the video's about. I'll just say live now, hoping not to get censored anymore. My YouTube channels were pulled over and over again when I would write and talk about these things in my videos. My podcasts were messed with as I tried to interview certain guests. There was a monkey wrench thrown in time after time. No, 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 Jenny Hatch, you cannot talk about this. And everybody who did was labeled a conspiracy theorist and shut away from polite society. We don't want to hear from you. But I kept going. Many of us kept going. We figured it was important. Q showed up and started delivering messages about what was happening out of the public's eye. Within months of Q showing up in October of 2017, I was completely on board by Easter of 2018 and started sharing Q drops in my movies and the Q proofs from President Trump's Twitter feed and started networking with a vast array of Q researchers and was very, very happy to connect with so many stalwart focused people who also had accepted the hard truths. And as we worked together and watched all of this unfold, I personally have marveled at the way that it has just presented these facts to the world for anybody to look at. And 
as this to unfold around the war in Ukraine, who did what. When you hear testimony like this from Victoria Newland, I hope that you will broaden your thinking about what she is really saying. Cruz, uh, like you, I am, and I think the administration is very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now, as you like to say, a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. So why would she say that? Almost giddy, you know? We did this war act. We committed this war act, and we're so happy that it's a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea because now it's not going to mess with the money that we've invested to sell our oil to Ukraine and other places around the world. This competitor for energy is gone. And she's talking about that like it's a good thing, like it was her right to do this. This is Lee Stranahan talking about Alexandra Chalupa and the role she played in attempting to honeypot President Trump with bad information about Hillary Clinton. And it was this meeting with this attorney and Trump Jr. at Trump Tower in New York that everything else kind of spun off of in terms of the Russia collusion hoax. So listen to Lee. He's got the, he's got the facts. His fears evolving. The first thing they tried to do was make sure they patched up things diplomatically for Ukraine. But then later, he started to throw people under the bus just to protect himself. So where this really started during the 2016 election is that in 2015, Alexandra Chalupa, who is a lawyer, she had worked in the Bill Clinton administration as an intern. She'd been a DNC operative for about 12 years. And she's a Ukrainian-American whose mother was deeply involved in politics, whose father, in fact, worked at George Washington University. And her sister, Andrea, was a writer and also very politically active. So in 2015, Alexandra Chalupa is, according to her, pulled out of retirement. She'd been raising kids. And she and her sister start campaigning very hard against Paul Manafort. Manafort was from Connecticut. They went to Connecticut and protested against him. It's not clear to me exactly why he was being targeted, but Alexandra Chalupa said she was pulled out of retirement to, to work on this. Now, what we know is that in the spring of 2016, and this timeline is very important, because this is before Mueller himself even alleges that any election hacking had happened by the Russians. So in the spring of 2016, Alexandra Chalupa goes to the Ukrainian embassy in Georgetown, and she's introduced to Andrei Tilichenko. Andrei is doing political work at the embassy. I was overseeing political elections, like reporting back to Kiev on that, on that. Every embassy does it, so it's a legal officer. Yeah. Basically legal stuff, overseeing what's going on, debates. And he's introduced to Alexandra Chalupa by the ambassador, Charlie, and Alexandra Chalupa tells Andrei Tolchenko that she's trying to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and Russia and trying to dig up dirt on Paul Manafort and Russia. She actually did want to use this information not for some intelligence purpose or uh, legal purpose. She did want to use it to interfere in an election. 
From what, from what I saw, yes. Alexandra Chalupa admits this in that article for Politico. She doesn't deny that at all. So that's a quote from Oliver Stone's Ukraine documentary. And Lee has just been a stalwart on this side of the story. He's been pounding it on Twitter and his blog and in his many articles uh, nonstop ever since it became a story. And I admire him for his tenacity because everybody's been claiming he was a Russian stooge and a paid propagandist and he's just working for Putin and whatnot. And he just keeps telling the truth about the origin of the Russian collusion narrative. So I would just like to finish this show by talking about my own personal experience and challenging you to think about what our world would look like if people who are uncivilized and think of children as food and as their energy source are held accountable for their crimes and then we were able to set up a society where this could never happen again. I believe our world would be completely different if we could shift from looking at children as some vanity project or, again, a source of money, income, food, and instead treat them like our brothers and sisters, children of our heavenly parents, who we've been entrusted to for a time to help teach and train and raise them to the light and then help them on their way to live a happy life. You know, these elites are not doing these things to their own kids and grandkids, at least not as much. They let most of their kids live and then they try to put them in positions of power and connection. And it's almost funny to read the stories of how someone like Joe Biden's niece is handed some job out in California and she comes back and says, oh, it's not enough money. I need more than that. It was a $90,000 a year job, but it wasn't good enough for her. She wanted something better. These little aristocrats who think they deserve uh, no-show jobs where they're just handed a paycheck for basically breathing. And then the rest of us who live by these other rules where we have to actually work and earn our living and do, you know, do our lives, pay our bills. Um, it's the two-tier system that needs to be demolished and everybody needs to be held accountable to the law. So growing up in my family, obviously I was not uh, broken down for my parts or a uh, little bit of adrenochrome made from my pineal gland, but I was offered up to an evil cabal of people in the Detroit area when I was a child for their sexual gratification. They were allowed to torture me and rape me and had access to my body. And they thought of me as someone who they were entitled to own and use for whatever purposes they had. I was being groomed to be an influencer. I think many of the influencers you see right now on social media and really all over the internet in visible positions were probably 
mostly raised in homes like mine, where we were bullied and brainwashed into being into being completely obedient and having very little free will. And um, then when we grew up, they uh, they wanted to use our talents to help further their own work. Every time I see a celebrity on an ad for Pfizer or some other company like that, I often envision this person as a child being tortured. And while they cut the movie, somebody's standing there with a, a cattle prod or a gun or some menacing look saying, you know, you better do this right or else. And I think the greatest thing for these people is once they reach the point in their lives where they're told, hey, you get to be a parent now. You get to be a mother or a father. And so they have their own baby. And that's so exciting. But then here's another level of torture. When you have someone like Kanye's, um, oh, I can't remember, his trainer, telling him, you be a well-behaved celebrity or we're not going to let you see your kids. We're going to only let you see your kids for two hours every week. And you'll be so medicated, you won't even be able to talk to them. Is that what's being told to all of our celebrities, all of our singers and actors, athletes, politicians? Is that how they're controlled? This person that you love more than anything else in the world, we're not going to let you be with them. We're not going to let you see them. Unless if you do this and this and this. And in desperation to have somebody in their life who loves them for just being themselves. They're not a handler or an agent or an attorney or a, even a, a fan. They're a child who loves their parent. They're going to take even that away. I believe that's how so many of the people in positions of power have been treated and controlled. And as I have broken away from that system, from my family, from those who would seek to control me and use my talents to further their goals. Um, it's been difficult to do that, but I feel so much happier living free, using my voice to try to help other victims, using my voice to try to help share the truths about how the world functions. Fearless. I'm, I'm, I'm literally fearless of what's around the corner. I'm not afraid to die. I don't think I'm going to die, but I'm not afraid to. I look forward to spending some quality time with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But he's been my constant companion for these many years that I've been using my voice to help speak the truth. And I feel like I've been guided by the Holy Spirit to know what to talk about and when. And today, as I was getting ready to create my movie, I just said a little prayer. What should I talk about today? Oh, adrenochrome. Okay, I guess it's time. And so I have. So I'm going to close down the show and encourage you to do a little bit of investigation around this substance. Who buys it? Who sells it? Who manufactures it? Is it even a thing? Is it? Is it just Jenny Hatch hallucinating? It's not even real she just made it up out of whole cloth and that's nothing to see here and shut up and sit down and go sit in the corner 
Is, is that going to be your response? I would challenge you to open up your mind. Think it through. If you're spiritual or not, pray about it. Ask to know if this is true that the world's governments run on the blood of little children who've been tortured. That's the question I think everybody should be asking as we go into the next step of Twitter releasing the Fauci files, getting the facts about who did what when, who made money, who was paid off, and what is really going on in Ukraine. These are great questions to ask, and I am so grateful that both the left and the right, especially the libertarians who see things so clearly, are standing up and holding rallies and demanding the truth. And thank you, Seymour Hirsch, for outing the Biden administration, committing the war crime against that pipeline. Excellent work, as always. And we'll just see what's come, what comes next. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you have a great day.